Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us, and hi for listening to us. Thank you for making the Sports and the World Podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. And I hope all of you are well and safe out there. And how are you, my man? Yeah, can't complain, man. Can't complain. Things are starting to warm up. The draft is behind us, and now the hard part's upon us to try to make sense of it and see who's going to be the dominant species and who's going to be the one getting eaten in the jungle. Yeah, it, it was a very interesting draft, and I talked about it the last couple of episodes, you know, not in, you know, in great detail. But, you know, there's some things that, you know, some very critical parts of the draft that we're going to talk about. But first and foremost, let's get your thoughts now that the 2021 NFL draft is in the books. Uh, you know what? I, I definitely think there were some winners, some losers, and some uh, some steals. Uh, I think all the way across the board. So naturally, I think some of the winners. Um, now this is going to be uh, a first. I'm actually going to commend an Ohio State player. So everybody, hold on. But I, I think one of the biggest winners in this draft. I personally think was the Chicago Bears getting Justin Fields. Um, I think that everybody passing on him is going to be a mistake. I think out of this draft, besides Trevor Lawrence, but we already knew he was he was destined to uh, uh, to Jacksonville with Urban Meyer. Um, I think that. Justin Fields overall, I think, is the best all-around quarterback in that draft besides besides Lawrence. I think, and I said it, I think that, that San Francisco picking up Trey Lance, I think this is a, a, a Mitch Trubitsky 2.0 in the, in the making. Uh, Mac Jones has potential, and I think going to New England, I think, is a good fit for him. I think with New England drafting Mac Jones, is Mac Jones... And and there were memes mocking him of just how unathletic he looked and how unathletic Tom Brady looked in the draft. Um, I think that due to New England's stance over the years as building a pocket quarterback offensive line and a pocket quarterback team, I think that's going to fit Mac Jones. I think that uh, by by them building around Brady for so many years, and I think that's why Cam Newton didn't exactly work in New England, and I think there's also just numerous other issues going on with that, uh, but I think with Mac Jones going there, I think it's going to be, um, uh, I, I, overall, I think it's going to be a, a great thing for him. I think one of the uh, one of the other teams that had an immaculate draft is is your, your, your team, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I, I think they definitely got an A-plus just all the way across the board. Um, them picking up Kyle Pitts, that just instantaneously made their offense a triple threat offense. If if Julio Jones is healthy and Calvin Ridley's healthy and Kyle Pitts is on the field at the same time, those are three deep, fast, and agile receivers. Um, and, and of course, Kyle Pitts, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I think he's got a few inches of height on both of them. And I think it showed in Florida's offense that he can line up anywhere and, and be incredibly successful. Um, and then of course, getting some of the defensive help they needed signing Richie Grant from UCF. Um, and then also building some of the offensive line and, and the corners and the defense. I, I think Atlanta strategically drafted. I, I think they, 
I I definitely think that they 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 sat in front of a mirror last season and said, here's the list of everywhere we are incredibly weak on. This is where we fall in the draft. This is who should be available. And and they had a one, two, three pick for each pick that if this person somehow got picked, we're going to go to them. And if this person was picked, we're going to go to them. And I think that Atlanta did uh, an, an incredibly good job at drafting. Um, I think some of the other teams that uh, that did well was the Carolina Panthers with the addition of Sam Darnold going down there. Um, you know, they they definitely are going to build around him. I think with the departure of Mike Davis, uh, I think that they definitely found a replacement with uh, with Shuba Hubbard from uh, from Oklahoma State. I think he's going to fit that role, that second that secondary pass back when McCaffrey might need a down or two off. Um, I, I think that he'll he'll fit in there well. Um, of course, uh, Cincinnati, their first overall pick going with Jamar Chase, which is. Uh, going to be just absolutely amazing with Joe Burrow. And then, uh, you know, I mean, you know, the, the great thing is they played together in college. They already have chemistry. And that's what I thought maybe Atlanta might have snuck in and took Kyle Trask. Let's face it, we know Matty Ice is on the back end of his career. Um, however, they did sign as an unsigned free agent. They did grab Felipe Franks. Felipe Franks does have some field experience with Kyle Pitts, but you know, um, that, that's, that's, I think, uh, a, a far shot through. Um, I think that Cleveland, you know, I, I definitely think with their drafts and with some of the, the moves that they made, I think in the AFC North, I think they're the team to beat this year in, in, in that division. Um, I, I definitely think that that they're a more complete team. They, you know, their their first pick was uh, you know Greg Newsom from from Northwestern at corner. I think they addressed their cornerback and linebacker issues, which I think everyone can unanimously unanimously agree that there there were some weak spots. Um, and then uh, you know even even as much as it it pains me, I, I think even the Jets made some some solid moves again i am i I think i have made my my voice known and heard that i think i would have rather had us pick justin fields up over zach wilson i feel that fields is a more complete quarterback he's played better competition uh and it's i think that zach wilson is going to fall into the same boat of trey lance and they looked great in their division and they're and they're they're and, and I'm going to use it as as a, a baseball reference in the minor leagues. They look great, and there's a reason why some players just stick in the minor leagues and never make it up to the majors. Is you play great at that at that lower level, but when you step up to that next level of competition, it's a whole different ball game. And uh, I I think Zach Wilson is going to be in a rude awakening. Um, you know he he I saw this thing on the internet that you know he I I couldn't imagine playing for any other team but the Jets. I can think if I was a professional athlete, I can think that was going to be drafted in the NFL. I could think about thirty other teams I would rather play for <laughs> than the Jets. Um, so I mean I hope he does well. Being a Jets fan, I I hope he does well. But I'm also looking at the writing on the wall. However, they did make. Uh, uh, a, a trade up and went after USC's Elijah Vera Tucker uh, for an offensive lineman. They traded up for that that uh, 14th overall pick. I think that was a smart move to help build that front line. 
grabbing Elijah Moore from Mississippi, I think was was a, a, a steal. And then also how far Michael Carter slipped down um, from from UNC. I think that was also uh, a, a fairly solid pick. So they're they're starting to add some of those offensive pieces that might be able to aid Zach Wilson. I think one of Darnold's biggest failures last season wasn't on him. It was on the lack of the backfield. You had Frank Gore, who I think got drafted when we were in second grade, which was many, many moons ago. Um, I, uh, you know, I think he might have even been drafted during the Lincoln administration. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Ladarius. Um, but you had an aging Frank Gore, and you had a LaMichael P. Ryan, who just wasn't ready for the NFL uh, as a rookie. I mean, he was he was okay at Florida. I'm not going to sit here and toot his horn and say he's the best running back ever. He was okay at Florida. He was okay in the SEC. And then being okay, you're not going to be great in the NFL. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think that was shown. Um, you know, the, the team also, I think, down in the NFC side, you know, the local team here who I'm by is the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, grabbing Devonta Smith 10th overall, um, improving that offensive line, you know, with uh, uh, Landon Dickerson from Alabama. Um, you know, I think Philly was one of those teams that they they looked – at themselves last season and said, how do we just fix ourselves? What can we do to make, we're, we're in a wide open division. Let's, let's face it. The NFC East is arguably they're, they're, they're the PAC 12 of the NFL. They're just the worst division. They, they all the teams, the, the Washington football team or whatever they call themselves this season, the Cowboys, the giants, they're all in such dismay, and I think Philadelphia is is on the track to to make themselves better. That's an easily won division, I think, for Philadelphia. And I think with adding those extra wide receivers, getting that offensive lineman, getting someone to protect a quarterback, and then giving someone giving him someone to throw to, I think makes the world a difference in 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 any team. Um, and then, you know, the other team who I think made a, a surprising pick, and I, and I know some people were uh, uh, a little inquisitive about this, but with the Giants, I think they, they addressed a lot of issues, too. I think that getting Kadarius Toney, uh, 20th overall, I think he's one of the most elusive wide receivers in, uh, in the draft. He might not have the, the notoriety of a Jamar Chase or a Devonta Smith, but giving the thing was, I think on LSU and Alabama, they were the single target. I think if Kyle Pitts wasn't on Florida this year, uh, last season, I think Kadarius Tony could have been that oh my god receiver, and I think he could have been one of those ones that went top ten, top fifteen. But being drafted regardless of in the first round, if you're a first round pick, you definitely got some some weight to carry. And I think that with Kadarius' Tony uh, explosive speed, his able just to stop on a dime and make those cuts and turns, I think that's a valuable asset for uh, for the for the Giants. They also built up the, that that defense that I think they significantly needed. Um, I mean, their defense was looking about as terrible as your Falcons was. No no offense. Um, and then of course, you know, moving down to Tampa, just when you think Tampa couldn't get any better. They they added the linebacker slot that they needed. They got some of those receivers that you know that that could fill in on uh, the, those downs that they need. I think overall Tampa's uh, uh, 
you know, necessity, I think, was at linebacker core and in and, and some of that offensive line. And I think that they started addressing those things because you've got some some aging linemen and aging linebackers who I think are going to, uh, you know, going to kind of, you know, start getting out and going to need some get some experience. And then also, uh, you know, our, our boy from Florida, Kyle Trask, getting drafted. I think that Trask is in – he might not be the most prestigious quarterback right now. He's not the most talked about. He didn't go super high. He didn't have all this hype. I promise you, a couple years down the road, he'll be blowing the doors off of uh, uh any of these guys with Lawrence, with uh, Zach Wilson, with Justin Fields, he's going to sit under Tom Brady arguably for at least two years, depending on what type of aging serum and alien technology that Tom Brady has invested in to keep himself young. Um, Trask is going to do nothing. Trask is, is he's used to being the backup. I mean, let's face it. He was a backup in high school. He's a backup in college. And he, when he finally got the job, he definitely showed out that he could that he could own the job. And I think with his on-field, and we talked about it during college season, that he was one of the most cerebral quarterbacks in all of college football last season. So he already has on-field intelligence, which is something that can't be taught. You can teach someone how to throw a spiral. You can teach someone how to uh, how to read a playbook. You can't you can't teach intelligence. You can't bestow the ability of critical thinking and logical reasoning and split second decisions. And with Kyle Trask already having a base off that and then working. And again, I hate doing this. I'm backtracking myself working with the best quarterback in our generation, which pains me to say it. And I told everybody that I would stop shit talking Tom Brady if he went and won the Super Bowl, and I'm going to be a man of my word and the ability for him to sit under Tom Brady for a couple years learn how to be a quarterback and learn just the whole game, not just how to go out there and throw a ball. Um, I think that there are going to be a lot, a, a lot of upside to him. And I think we'll see many good years out of Trask in Tampa Bay. If he, if he chooses to stay there, you know, some of the other teams that might've had some weaker drafts, um, you know, I think the Washington football team dropped the ball. They, there were some spots that they needed filled that they they I don't think they filled properly. Same thing with the Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, the Seattle Seahawks, I think they're in, uh, you know, a situation where they they definitely, I think, could have done more with what what they did with the picks they had. Of course, like I said, with San Francisco 49ers, I think that drafting Trey Lance is, is going to be an absolute uh, uh, mistake. Let's see what happens with Jimmy G if he stays, if he goes, whichever else. Um, and then the other teams just kind of fell in that middle of the pack. You know, like the, the Saints, I think, addressed some things. Uh, I think right now the biggest question mark on the board for all 32 teams singularly revolves around the Green Bay Packers. And I, I we're, we're going to be covering that in another segment. But I think right now the Packers are – the the team of the most mystique and mystery right now um other than that you know it was a fun draft i i definitely wish every every player well and i hope that they uh you know don't get cut they make the squad and they have an injury free uh training season preseason and jumping into the regular season that's what i got on that and and you know what chris 
I, I want to start by you know we we, we get to the the Packers segment later because that's that's a uh, it's a catharsis wrapped up in a conundrum and thrown in the oven and then now it's starting to smell. I don't know what kind of smell is great, but depending who you are, but we'll get to that. But I I do want to talk about the Jets. I want to talk about your Jets, Chris, because this is what I liked about what they did. Now you talked about I know you you said you said on this show ad nauseum when we talked about prospects and we talked about you know you, you're not a Zach Wilson guy. Am, am, am I fair? Am I fair in that in, in saying that? Am I, am that I fair is, in that? That is a very fair assessment. Okay, and and then this is not a defense. This is a this is a uh, it's not a defense, but this is making a point. Is that I talked about? I think on the previous episode, two episodes ago, I talked about when I ranked the quarterbacks. You know, Lawrence was one. I had Fields as the second best quarterback. I did, and and you know, and I had Mac Jones three, and then Lance. You know, Lance and Wilson are kind of tied to me, and then I just I'm, and so I defend the Jets pick by saying this: it's about system. And and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that. Listen, my thoughts on Trey Lance is, is similar to yours, Chris. Is is that I'm all about body of work. I'm not necessarily about who you play. It's about essentially how much. It's essentially your resume, and and this is it goes back into when you go to your job. How much experience have you had collegiately, and who have you played? That's your resume. And that's why I didn't knock Wilson because, listen, yeah, sure, Wilson went to BYU, Chris, but, you know, but he did play a couple of, you know, he played a couple of pretty good teams. And, you know, listen, it's not who you play, Chris, it's how you do against your competition because these kids can't control who they play. That's that's above our pay grade and everybody else's pay grade. Now, now I get that. I get that. But and if, okay, go on, ahead. Let, let me let me interject. If. You're you're 100 right. You can't control who you play. That's that's something that I think everyone agrees on. Uh, the only way you can really control who you play is if you sign with the school that you want to sign and you play in the conference that you want to play in. But if I go out and I go play football against a bunch of uh, pee wee leagues, elementary and junior high kids, I'm gonna look pretty damn good. Now. I go take my fat old ass out into the SEC. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the doors blown off of me, and I I I think that's where the misconception starts rolling in, where it's you can't control who you play, but well he looks good against minor league teams, and you know the one thing I I, I know I bust the balls of Ohio State a lot and the Big Ten a lot because I I don't think very highly of the competition in the Big Ten because. Truly, it's not there. Outside of Ohio State and Michigan, there's really no good teams in the Big Ten. And really, Ohio State's the only consistent team in the Big Ten. Um, But they blow the doors off of every single team they play. And, you know, the whole play any team, anytime. uh, I I think the Ken Dolls accessory band bit him in the ass when they played Coastal Carolina because I don't think BYU walked out of that one with a dub if memory serves me right. Okay. I, I'm okay, I'll let you I'll let you finish. I'm 
Are, are you? Are you? Are, are I'll wait till you're done, Senator. Senator. Yeah. And and Coastal Carolina is definitely not a prestigious. It's not like it's Bama or Michigan or Oklahoma State or even hell USC, Stanford, uh, Coastal Carolina. Is, I I didn't know they had a football team until I was in the Carolinas one time and I drove by their college and I was like, oh wow, who are they? So for BYU now, granted it was a week's notice, but if you're that good. You know, now granted, yeah, they might have lost by a couple yards or a one play, but in the words of Vin Diesel, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning is winning, and if you don't win, you're second place, and if you're not first, you're last. Ricky Bobby, that's two movies I got quoted right there. Thank you. I yield my time. Okay. Now, I-, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, Chris, but now I- I'm going to use a little something here. Now, when LSU played our Gators. Who won that game, Chris? LSU blew the doors off of us. Yeah. And and my point is, I'm not comparing the two games. That's not the point here. My point here is, Chris, is, is that I consider make a case that that LSU team last year was not great. Because if you think about it, Chris, Jamar Chase was not in that game. A lot of, you know, listen, a lot of, listen, it was a young team. But, you know, if people say, oh, I told you about Kyle Trask. He can't even beat LSU. Now, now, I'm not comparing LSU to Coastal Carolina. My point simply here is this, Chris. It's not like BYU got the doors blown off of them. And that particular year, Coastal Carolina was not good. See, here's the thing, Chris. You know, mid-major schools, you see it in college basketball. Heck, you see it sometimes in the pros. Where mid, you know, teams, mid-market, you know, mid-major schools, they have one or two good years. And guess what happened? That's what happened to Coastal Carolina. Now, in that particular game, Zach Wilson was great. But at the end of the day, Zach Wilson doesn't play defense. Zach Wilson, there were plays in that game where you could argue BYU's defense, it could have went the other way. But going back to my overriding point, it takes nothing away from somebody's body of work. Because, listen, if that's the case, then, listen, Josh Wilson, you know, excuse me, Josh Allen? Listen, the one thing I punished him on, Chris, was that he couldn't complete 6% of his passes. Zach Wilson checks that box. And Zach Wilson, excuse me, and Zach Wilson, BYU, Josh Allen, Wyoming. If you had to send your, and all would do respect, BYU would always play tougher competition than Wyoming. But what it's about what you see in the player. You can't look at who they play. You can look at individuality. Basketball is a great example. That's why I say in basketball, you can't name a third. Some of these kids who, who come out of their schools, listen, like, like the Cade Cunningham might be the number one pick in the NBA draft. He goes to Oklahoma State. Not necessarily a basketball powerhouse. Kevin Durant, he went to Texas. Look at guys around the league. They played at Alabama who had great basketball. Arkansas. They play all look at Steph Curry went to Davidson. Davidson. Now, again, I, dare- I, I, I see your point on that. But if you took Zach Wilson and put him into Oh, yeah. I, I oh I, I get what you're saying, Chris. I mean to coach up. I get exactly what you're saying. But we're we're talking about listen, if you do put Zach Wilson in, I'm not gonna deny Chris that he may struggle. But at the end of the day, 
we focus on where they play, how they play. And, and we focus on the individual. And I get if you take Zach Wilson and plug him in, right. It's, he's gonna, he may have a hard time. But my overriding point is that we focus on what their body of work is. And, that's, and to me, Trey Lance was, is, was way more concerning than Zach Wilson. Because if I gave you Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, I'm checking the Zach Wilson box. Because my concern with Trey Lance is that I'm not knocking the fact he went to North Dakota State. No, Chris, that's not the point. Because like I've said many times, I, don't, I look at what school you go to, sure. But I look at how you play against who you face. Chris, this man faced one more team than you and I did in 2020 he played <laughs> one game okay so and then yeah and then it's like oh well he's at start no we're talking about what he did last year and i'm not blaming because listen COVID hit a lot of at a lot of schools i'm not knocking him for that but the body the, what the reality is is chris one game my god al bundy played more games in high school than this man did at college <laughs> so so my, my overriding point is, is that how, how do you play against who you play? And I'll get, like I say, I don't like, listen, San Francisco here made a choice. And this was about saying that, I, I guarantee you, Chris, he, I'm not saying they listen to guys like us, but they, they've all heard us say doubts about Trey Lance, and that's why they got it. Because obviously Justin Fields makes a lot more sense because of, how many this is the thing that gets me Chris is that Justin Fields checks a lot of boxes he checks listen starter listen starter at one of the best collegiate football programs in the country he's won big games he's played in big games this guy played hurt he wanted to play football what pissed me off and I'll say this is that that's why I was so upset when I, you know, with the Dan Orlovsky, Kurt Herbstreit thing, Chris, is that you don't question his work ethic. And if that's why he failed, then that's, that's nonsense to me. This is why I don't, and I think we talked about going conjecture. Chris, I go with what I see. What I saw Justin Fields, and we all saw it prime time, big game ESPN. Justin Fields was the best player in the field in about pretty much 80% of the games he ever played. Yeah. He was the best player. He was the best player on the field. And and when you look at his skills translate, because look, he was very accurate with the ball. He can move around. What the Bears did, and this was not GM Ryan Pace, Chris. This was all about Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy was an offensive coordinator at the Kansas City Chiefs. And he saw some guy named Patrick Mahomes. Maybe you heard of him. So Matt Nagy was able to bring in his quarterback. Because remember, Chris, Matt Nagy didn't draft Mitchell Trubisky. He inherited Mitchell Trubisky. There's yeah. a difference. <laughs> but he got the old inher- he he got the inheritance, and sometimes the inheritance ain't what it used to be. Oh, I got a million bucks today. <laughs> you may get a hundred bucks. That's essentially what Matt Nagy got. So he was able to draft the quarterback, Chris, moving up the board to get Justin Fields. That was essentially Matt Nagy, essentially going in the face of Ryan Pace that you need to trade up and get Justin Fields because he saw the fall happen. And I talked about him, like I said, I talked about it previously. There was potential for Justin Fields to fall unless somebody makes a move, and the Bears did. So, and to wrap up my point about quarterbacks, is, is that, look, with Mac Jones, this is how great Bill Belichick is. Chris, they didn't have to move up. They just stayed put, and he fell. 
because this is what I say. The whole Cam Newton experiment, they acknowledged it didn't work by not saying a word by drafting Mac Jones. Absolutely. Because because the reality is, Chris, they they're not they had Tom Brady for almost two decades. Tom, you know, Tom Brady is a pocket guy. If you've had Tom Brady versus you or I, he could probably outrun us, but you put Tom Brady versus Usain Bolt. Listen, listen, Tom Brady's a great athlete. He's got a lot of rings. He just ain't fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. I'm not saying I can't run a. I can't even run a. Maybe run a five. So I'm not going to sit there and throw my numbers out there and say I'm faster than Tom Brady. But the point is, is that that's how the system is in New England. That's the system. So getting Mac Jones, he fits, and he's going to start sooner than later. So. I just want to run through a couple of teams that I really had a great draft. I talked about your Jets. You know, I'm good. I'm high on Zach Wilson. And I also like the trade. Of, they traded up with another team that who I think had a great draft to get Alicia Vera Tucker to give Zach Wilson that protection to run that zone blocking. And I also like Elijah Moore. Like, he fell in the second. I'm like, that's value. And you add him to a core, he kind of fits what they do. Because if you look at the Niners, they're not full of tall receivers. Elijah Moore could come in there, Chris, and be a slot guy. He can be an instant starter. About Carter, he, you know, with a lot of great running backs, he fell. So I like the Jets draft. I also like the team that the Jets traded with to get Tucker, the Minnesota Vikings. I talked about this on the show, and you and I have talked about it. To me, they get Christian Derisaw. They get the offensive tackle at the right value at that position. They get Kellen Mond, and they get Wyatt Davis, the guard from Ohio State. Chris, the Minnesota Vikings are, you know, are rebuilding. I said it last year's draft, and I say it again. So drafting Kellen Mond was about telling people, we want to get rid of Kirk Cousins. And people thought, oh, Darius, you were hard on Kirk Cousins. Well, listen, I may not be right about a lot of things, but I'll tell you what, America, I was right about this. Kirk Cousins cannot lead a team to the pl- he, he can't. And plus, Chris, the money they're paying him, Chris, it's ridiculous. So yeah. why, if you're rebu- why, if you're rebuilding your highest paid guy, Chris, and it's not even close, it's not even close, Chris, it's Kirk Cousins. And you're rebuilding. I'm not, am, am I saying Kellen Mond's going to start week one? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that a lot of teams are saying, oh, the, didn't think the Vikings, you know what guy did? This guy. So I'm like, you guys are looking at the numbers, right? I said, whoa. I said, do they really want to keep investing money in a guy? And listen, he's, he may be seeming untradeable. So what happens is it, it's going to be a situation similar to what you saw with Stafford and Goff is where, listen, the Vikings are going to give up a lot of money. In the same way the Lions had to pay a lot of money to get, you know, in, in, in a trade to get rid of them. Because the contract is bad. So I like the Minnesota Vikings saying, okay, Kellen Mond's our future. Because Kirk Cousins ain't it. And like you said, with the Bears, not only Justin Fields, but getting Tevin Jenkins, I think, once again, solidifying the offensive line. You know, getting receiver Daz Newsome later in the round, getting, you know, a nice young receiver probably on the back, you know, special teams. And then listen, I'm not one to be a humble brat. You know that, Chris. <laughs> but 
let me be clear. I've said this from from day one. I said, who said the Falcons were rebuilding? When you have a guy like Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, who we'll talk about in a minute, Calvin Ridley, the offense is not the problem. That defense was getting trucked over like you watched the monster rallies. That was us. We were the cars. We were getting trampled over. That was us. So we had to shift the focus because Dan Quinn ain't wasn't it. I said, listen, if you bring in a guy, if you bring in a staff that can make this a top 15 defense person, not even the best. Because so something, so something mediocre will get you, out, get you out of a bad place. Right. It, it, it's like you don't – this is the thing. To be successful, look, when the Chiefs won their first Super Bowl, of course, they were an average defense, and I said it then. If they had to be a top 15 defense, they're going to win the Super Bowl, and they did because they made moves. They got Justin Houston. They had Teron Matthew. You just got to get dudes. And the Falcons, when they get this cap situation, which in reality – they may move on from Julio Jones because of his cap number. It's just too high to be paying that, you know, a receiver that he won't restructure. And I get it. I don't know if he will or not, but you know, to pay a thirty-two-year-old receiver that type of money, mm, risky business. Though, risky business, yeah. And yeah, I don't want to see Julio sliding down, you know, no, uh, no, you know, no floor, you know, the underpants. But you, you, you get the point with risky business. So this is why I like Kyle Pitts. You know, I want to say this, Chris, now that I have the platform. For those Falcon fans who really, and I listen, I've been a, a long time. For those who sit there and say, we should have got a quarterback. Look here. You get quarterbacks for three reasons, Chris. Either the quarterback you have is trash. Matt Ryan ain't trash. Age, sure. And performance. So if the only logic, Chris, is someone tells me that somebody sucks because they're old, it's not because they're not talented. Stop because you know, listen, the money plays a factor, sure. But Matt Ryan always restructures his deals. So so what am I missing? It's like, who said we were rebuilding? It's like, listen, we had a bad year because listen, after that Super Bowl, listen, it was just downhill, Titanic type stuff. And then what did they do? Well, you bring in Terry Fontenot, GM, head coach Arthur Smith, you get Kyle Pitts, you get Richie Grant, the safety from UCF, and you get Mayfield from Oklahoma. They addressed literally three of the needs that <laughs> and they in that whole draft, they addressed a lot of needs. And then in the undrafted, they got Felipe Franks. And the reason why I like that sign is not because he used to play, you know, for the Gators, but Chris, he gets to sit behind Matt Ryan. In the same way that Kyle Trask gets to sit behind Tom Brady. I'm not comparing Brady to Ryan, but I'm comparing the content. You can learn a lot from them because they've been very successful in this league. Oh, absolutely. Uh, look at Aaron Rodgers. I, I think a lot of Aaron Rodgers' success is credited to sitting behind Brett Favre for so many yeah, years. Absolutely. And and so and 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 then and we're gonna transition. And speaking of that, and we talk about teams who had terrible draft. Listen, if you wanna know why Aaron Rodgers is upset, I'ma defend Aaron Rodgers. I'll let you go first, but I'm gonna say this before we transition there. Listen. Aaron Rodgers has been the starting quarterback of this organization since 2008. Chris, do you know how many first-round offensive players they drafted in that time? I think it's like z- zero, right? Three. Three. Okay, I was close. <laughs> two, two, ta- yeah, two tackles. And a, 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 
it's like he, you want to know why he's upset. And and I understand, Chris, their market. A lot of people don't want to go there. I get it. It's why, listen, I'll say this. Listen, I've been on Cleveland's good side the whole time, but I may revert back and then, okay. But they listen to the show. So, hey, listen, you want to know why LeBron, <laughs> here's the thing. You want to know why LeBron went to South Beach and then go back to Cleveland? Because, because he couldn't win a championship in Cleveland and he's a terrible basketball player, so he had to go form a superstar team just to win? That's a long way around to say no, but here's the reason why. <laughs> Free agent. Is that Chris? He couldn't. Who would want to go to Cleveland to listen? You look, if you if you can't believe me, look at the Cleveland now. I'm not look, saying it's. A, I'm I'm not arguing. It's not it's not the most prestigious. Yeah. Place to play, yeah. but sure. Even even in Space Jam two, LeBron's having to go out and go get all this talent. Michael Jordan yeah, did it with with go. Bill Murray, that fat dude yeah. from Jurassic Park, and Bugs Bunny, and he got shit handled. That's all I'm going to say. You know how I feel about LeBum. Yeah, yeah, I know you do. And you know what? I walked right into that. And I'm not going to apologize for it. But <laughs> but, he, here's the, but here's the point I was trying to make before Senator Gooden crossed the, the line there. Not talking like literally what he said, but literally crossed over and took the microphone and pulled. he pulled a Kanye. I was Taylor <laughs> Swift. And he was Kanye. And just like, let me tell you something. LeBron ain't who he used to be. This is, I'm like, he, he did it. Listen, he does it more more often than you think. But but my point here is, Chris, is that Green Bay is not a hotbed to bring in free agents. And and I and I, and I slightly understand what the Packers, you know, the, but here's the reality, Chris. Aaron Rodgers is upset. But you know, I'll save that. I I want to get your thoughts on that. I'm gonna go a little bit all in. Give me your thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers pack and the Packers situation. So here's what's going on with 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 Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Back in the middle of the pandemic, we were blessed with this beautiful 10-part series called The Last Dance about the Chicago Bulls. Now, the problem with that is a lot of the problems that the Bulls front office had with some of their superstars didn't make it into public news because Twitter wasn't invented or Facebook or Instagram or Literally, the fucking internet was barely out and about. Now, with technology and the internet and Twitter and Jeopardy and Facebook, now all the dirty laundry can be aired out and about. And uh, I I think in all of my heart, in, in the deepest, darkest burrows of my cold little heart, I think this all started on April 23rd, 2020. Do you know what that date was, Ladarius? You want to take a guess? Now we got cold feet. All right. So April 23rd, 2020 was the NFL draft. And, uh, and the Packers traded up from number 30 to number 26, to select Jordan Love, uh, their first day one quarterback pick since the 2005 draft. And do uh, you know who they drafted in 2005? Give me any hints. Was it, you know, was it, was it some guy? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. I'm not good at names. So. There you go. Now, I think this all started, this whole problem with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay started 
that day. Aaron Rodgers was 36 years old at the time. And I, I think that he was like, whoa, 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 hold on now. You, you just put me on a four-year extension. You're going to go ahead and sign that little puppy out of Utah? Hmm. My spider sense is tingling. And I think it just went uh, slowly. It, it was like watching a plane that was going to crash. It was like um, uh, that dude that landed the plane into Hudson. It wasn't like a fiery, fast crash. He just dropped the flaps and let that bitch glide into the Hudson for a safe landing. And I think that we're watching the glide right now. This plane is done. It's over with. I think Aaron Rodgers is is he's he's out. He's retiring or Green Bay is going to get rid of him. I don't see him playing the season for Green Bay. He's not going to be in the green and yellow. Little Wayne ain't going to be rapping about him. I I think that it just it it started there and then it just went uh you know, down that rabbit hole. Because after the draft, a week later, uh, Brett Favre joined the Rich Eisen show, and they asked him, like, "Hey, like, you know, what do you what what do you think? Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is thinking with this uh, this this Jordan Love pick." And he said on open air that you know he's got the wheels turning in a- in Aaron's mind, and he predicted on that radio show on April 29th of 2020 that Rodgers is going to finish his career elsewhere and not in Green Bay. Um, and then later on that same year, getting into the height of it, uh, you know, in June and July and going towards the fall before the start of the season, um, even Aaron Rodgers got on the microphone and talked to some reporters and said he, he, you know, he just doesn't feel that he's going to be in green Bay. Uh, and he's, he was quote at peace with a future split with green Bay. So you have your 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 franchise quarterback talking on open waves to reporters and and radio shows or whoever saying that hey I I don't I, if I get traded I'm not going to be upset about it he has I I'm I'm going to guess that him and Brett Favre are friends I think that you develop a friendship working under a mentor. I'm, I'm a prime example of that in my career. The, the guy who I sat under for many years that, that essentially coached and trained me to be in the position I'm in now. Um, he, he's a, he's a mentor to this day. There's a lot of times I still pick up the phone and call him. And I think that I'm sure in, in times Aaron Rodgers did it to Brett Favre and other players pick up those, the, the phone to those mentors and and make those same calls to say, hey, what about X, Y, and Z? Um, so now you have all of this talk about Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay, and it kind of just gets swept under the rug. I don't even think if you replay any of our our episodes from last football season, I don't think we brought up once about Aaron Rodgers looking to get the hell out of Green Bay. Uh, he goes and he wins the 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 NFL MV, MVP award. And now coming into, uh, you know, 2021, after they lost the NFC title game to Tampa, uh, you know, they asked them, hey, you know, what's what's the deal? Are, are you what, what lies ahead for you? And he's like, you know, there's a lot of unknowns going into the offseason. I got to take some time and 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 see what 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 goes on. Um, 
You know, and then, of course, they asked, you know, Matt LaFleur, hey, uh, what's the deal with Aaron Rodgers? And, of course, he's going to say, hey, I hope he, you know, stays. He's the NFL MVP. He's the, you know, the heart and soul of our football team, blah, blah, blah. And he started fast forwarding through the offseason. So you've got moves of Matthew Stafford going to the Rams. You've got, uh, you know, even pre this, you had Tom Brady going down to uh, to Tampa, you know, and then. Going into the draft, uh, you know, he so right before I think it was a week before the draft, former uh, Green Bay Packers uh, standout player, Charles Woodson. I think everybody know who who he is. And he played with Aaron Rodgers for six years. He was on CBS Sports Radio and says that he foresees a nasty split between Rodgers and Green Bay. So you have his mentor, Aaron Rodgers mentor, saying a year beforehand this is probably going to get ugly. You have a teammate who says, literally, this is going to get ugly. And now you have just all the 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 scuttlebutt, we'll call it, from Aaron about Aaron Rodgers and and the 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 situation between the front office and him, and and the the contract and him, and he just wants out. Now we go into the draft. All of a sudden, 49ers are seriously inquiring about a trade with Rodgers. Uh, the Broncos started making talks and, and, you know, and the Raiders, I even think jumped in on there. Um, now you, I mean, and I'm sure the Broncos or the Raiders or even the 49ers, I think they would have gave the house away to get Aaron Rodgers. None of that happens. I, I think it's safe to say that, uh, that Green Bay shut that shit down quick, fast, and in a hurry. I think now Green Bay they're the 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 red alert it's flashing in 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 the spaceship um you've got a very very angry and pissed off quarterback who's the heart and soul of the team who's literally and we've talked about this the quarterback is is the on-field manager of that entire team the quarterback once they get on the field you have the quarterback and then you have your o coordinator your d coordinator your assistant coach head coach and and so on and so forth you have essentially the middle manager um, who who is just at dismay with the front office. And honestly, this literally reminds me, circling back to uh, the last dance, this look at the situation that Krause created in the Chicago Bulls organization. He had Jordan pissed off. He had Rodman pissed off. He had Pippen pissed off. And he created such dismay into the Bulls that uh, he broke them up. I I truly think that if if Kraus would have just let uh, Phil Jackson run the team, and 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 Kraus could sit back and count his pennies and do whatever GMs do, uh, I I think the Bulls would have stayed together. And I think the situation in Green Bay is almost identical. I think if if Matt LaFleur would just let run the team and and the uh the GM for Green Bay, I think if he just stayed out, I think Aaron Rodgers might be happy. And if he's if he wants to and I get it, you don't want to let a good player uh walk away and and I understand that, but sometimes it's better it's it's like it's better to have loved and lost than to never loved at all. I think is that little cliche saying and I, I think it, it it's best for Green Bay because they've got a lot of money invested in him. 
Let him go. Get some of that money back. You've got Jordan Love. There's free agents on the market that you could go get a quarterback if, if you don't feel confident in Jordan Love. And just let it go. Now, my final point on this is two days ago, uh, Brett Favre uh, was on uh, one, some ESPN podcast, says that he once again talked with Rodgers and believes that Aaron Rodgers is neither going to sit out that season and retire if that team is not built the way he wants it built. And, you know, you have so you have a situation where you've got a player that you're going to have to bend to their will or they're going to get the hell out. And I think that's going to leave a, a huge black eye on the Packers organization from the coaching level to the general management level to the ownership level that you have a player that's so disgruntled. Look at look at all of the 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 blowback after Jordan left uh, the Bulls, you know, and and that whole situation. Look how just I, the Bulls have never been the same since since that happened. And Green Bay, I think, is one of those dynasty teams that have always been a great NFL team that they're at risk of losing because it, it Ladarius and, and you can chime in. If you're going to go to work for an organization that you know has incredibly toxic traits, that the management makes people want to leave and but won't let them and almost forces them into retirement, how how keen would you be, Ladarius, to go and want to work for that organization? You know, you know, you know, you wouldn't be. And and if I could, you know, take over, it just I, I just I'm just gonna say this. I defend Aaron Rodgers, and I believe that this situation was a was boy was was a, started well before drafting Jordan Love, because like I mentioned, since he became the starter, they have not invested in the offense. They've invested heavily on defense, and I get that. But the reality, and people are like, listen, Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson, these guys were second-round picks. So imagine if, you know, and I'm not knocking their talents, let's be clear. Aaron Rodgers is, has been upset with this organization for a number of years. And what the Jordan Love situation was the straw that broke the camel's back. Because he, here's the problem, Chris. The and he, he the problem is this. Even in text messages to teammates, he's referred to the to Brian Guckenhurst, the general manager of the Packers, as Jerry Krause. Because the only thing that separates Jerry Krause from this guy, hey, Jerry Krause, you know, was not maybe the greatest guy in the world, but listen, they got six championships. And that's what made the story, you know, made you what if. The what if with Aaron Rodgers is what if management invested in Aaron Rodgers. The, the the problem here is Chris is that when I see people say, oh he's a diva, no, he's on the right, he's not a diva. He's a guy. It's like you've seen the movie Office Space, right? I don't know if you've seen the movie or heard of the movie Office Space. But essentially what's happening there is that people are disgruntled and tired of, of people who you work for. I'm not saying they take it to that level. What they did to, you know, office. I don't want to ruin the movie Office Space. No, I, no, I've seen it. Yeah, I want to ruin it for our listeners. But the point is, is that Aaron Rodgers has been pissed for a long time. And, and I defend Aaron Rodgers because 
here's the thing about Aaron Rodgers. He does not get enough credit for being one of the most cerebral guys, cerebral guys to ever play this game. Aaron Rodgers is a very smart dude. So this anger, Chris, he could have came out well before. But what happens is that sometimes your silo, you know, leaks, your cup runneth over, whatever analogy you, you want to use. Because let's be very clear, Chris. I believe one of two things are going to happen. Either A, they work this out, which, hey, listen, I listen, the Kanye and listen, the Kanye was Kim Kardashian marriage lasted longer than I thought. Listen, I'm just going to be honest about that. I'm going to be honest. Because, and, and that was because how could Kim tolerate Kanye? It's not the other way around. And secondly, I mean, I mean, look, I, look, I mean Car- the Kardashians are no cup of tea either. I mean, look at the destruction that they cause. Well, yeah. Well, that, I mean, well their, their destruction is in the NBA, not the NFL. But that's, <laughs> that's Adam Silver's problem. That's not a, that's not a Goodell problem. So, but, but I think the second option, Chris, is that he's going to retire. Because think about this, Chris. Aaron Rodgers, like him guest hosting Jeopardy. And listen, someone who's watched the show a number of years, Chris, he did a very good job. And I do believe, I, what I've read around this, that he is being considered as a legit replacement. Because what the producers, they produced of Jeopardy said, was that this is not a part-time thing. This is a full-time job. So think about if Aaron Rodgers retires, there's a strong, I'm not saying he's going to be the host, but listen, Chris, I wouldn't be upset. Aaron Rodgers, what, 38 years old? He can host that show because he's smart, he's witty, and more importantly, he just seems to just, he's very good on his feet. And when you're a quarterback, you have to be good on your feet. So, that you know, I'm, it's, it's not on the resume, but it's one of those, you know, tangible, intangible things that you kind of have to be. So, and Rodgers has a life beyond football. It's the same thing I say about wrestling. It's is that, if you don't have to wrestle anymore, a lot of it, that's why WWE, the biggest, the, when I say people, when I tell people this, think of how many guys came from wrestling. The Rock, Stone Cold, John Cena. They went to Hollywood. Roman Reigns was in, was, was in the pre, I think the Hobbs and Shaw. The Miz. The Miz, I mean, exactly. I mean, that, that little psycho got his own TV show. And now right. the, the, the rumor mill, um, is that they're actually trying to cast him for the second Mortal Kombat movie. Exactly. So so, so my point here is, Chris, there is a life beyond your career, if that makes any sense. So Aaron Rodgers has, has something that we should all strive for in life. You know what that is, Chris? Options. He has options. So with this whole thing with Green Bay, I think it's to the point where you can have all the flex seal, all the hammer and the nails. It ain't going to fix it. It's not going to fix this because this issue, Chris, was well before Jordan Love. And the whole Jordan Love thing was the tip of the iceberg. And I defend and I defend Aaron Rodgers by saying this. If you want to invest in something, you have to be willing to meet halfway in an investment. Absolutely. If you want your product to work, you kind of got to meet the other person halfway to make it work, especially if there's multiple people involved. So Aaron Rodgers goes out here, wins MVP with some guy. I'm going to read you some of the names of the receivers he had. 
Alan Lazard, Martavis Ventez Scantling, Robert Tanyan. Like, I. Yeah, it's 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 Who not like guys? he had a, a star-studded cast of of Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Rob Gronkowski right. and Mike Evans. Exactly. And he, he he went out there with. Uh, I mean, we'll keep it Hollywood. He went out there with B-list actors, and, and got A-list results, and and got A-list absolutely. And uh, you know, I I one hundred percent agree with you. I I stand behind Aaron Rodgers on this. I think that. Again, I think that the Green Bay Packers as an organization are in probably one of the most pivotal moments of that of that club's lifespan yeah. right now. Two yeah. things got to happen. A, you have an unhappy player who has a very loud voice who carries a lot of weight with him within mm-hmm. the NFL fan base, within player development within just the 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 social media aspect and that and it's silly that we even have to consider these things in today's world but these are all things you face he starts getting on there and and in so many words he's like you know screw green bay i'm out i'm done your green bay you are the reason uh the nfl has lost aaron Rodgers. Fan, the green bay fan base might burn lambeau field down to the ground yeah i mean you 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 might see we tar and feathering might happen in 2021. We finally might get some tar and feathering. Um, the, 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 the general manager might be a burnt at the stake, like a witch and, and tar and feathered and all sorts of cool medieval things. And the, the unfortunate side of that is, is we're going to lose arguably a, 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 a top three quarterback left in the NFL from that, that early two thousands era. You know, you had, uh, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers, kind of like the three amigos, the the three studs out of the NFL. And I think our, and, you know, Peyton Manning was there. He came in a little earlier, left a little early. But the core three guys were there. Drew Brees hung up to cleats and said, you know what, enough's enough. And I commend him for doing that because he chose his family over money. He'd rather spend time with his family and possibly not be in a wheelchair and I and I 100% respect that. Um, you've got Tom Brady. I don't know what he does. I don't know if he like has some alien technology where he just can suck the like if he's like Shang Tsung and he can suck the souls from younger players. I, I don't know how he does it, but God bless him for doing it. And then there's Aaron Rodgers, who's just like just plugging and chugging. And like you said, he's got options. Let's face it; those State Farm commercials are funny as hell. Um, him on Jeopardy, and I'm not an avid Jeopardy watcher like you are. I took the time out of my day to watch that episode, and I, I, I can't. I think the last time I might have watched an episode of Jeopardy was probably in my late teens, early twenties, and I am far, far away from that at this point. But Aaron Rodgers made me watch it, and honestly, I might be more adept to tune in. And watch it if that's the 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 career path he chooses. But if I was Green Bay, you have one of the most pivotal moments of your franchise's history right now. You are going to burn a bridge that's going to make a lot of players not want to play for your organization, and you're going to have some dark dark ages. This, like I said in the beginning, of this, this is Chicago 2.0. The best thing that Green Bay can do is said, Aaron, I'm sorry we couldn't make you happy. Where can we put you? First of all, I would say, what can we do as an organization to make you happy? What can we do to make you stay? If he says nothing, 
I want out. At that point, Green Bay has to say, Aaron, thank you for the years of service. Thank you for the Super Bowl win. Thank you for the, the packing the stadiums and winning games. Where would you like to go? What teams should I pick up the phone and call and try to get you a trade for? And then at that, you got to let the chips fall. If the trade works, great. If it doesn't, then, you know, it, it, it's not meant to be. But to chase Aaron off in their retirement is going to leave a black eye on Green Bay. Is it, 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 It's going to make players want to get out of that organization if, if they don't want to already. And I think it's going to it's going to ruin Aaron Rodgers career. And I, I, I definitely think he has enough in him for a couple more seasons. Now, if Green Bay wants to fix it, God bless them. If they don't, they need to let him go. Don't don't hold the man hostage. That's disrespectful for all the dedication and, and blood and sweat and tears that he has poured into Green Bay. It's disrespectful and degrading to him. Whether it's any athlete, I don't care if it's Aaron Rodgers or an offensive tackle, if they're out there giving 100% every week and they want out and you're not willing to give to him, that's selfish. And, and, and that – and we've talked about it because we call it sports in the world is I don't care what organization it is, whether it's an NFL team, a small business or a Walmart. If you have toxic leadership and toxic management that negatively reflects your personnel, bad managers lose good employees that if you're a good manager, you're going to retain good employees. You're going to find ways to keep them. Bad management loses good employees. And that's where Green Bay is right now. That's my life lesson. That's my two cents on it. I hope it gets worked out. I would hate to see Aaron Rodgers leave the NFL. But if he does, I'll watch Jeopardy just out of spite. And the, the thing is, before we, pull, before we wrap up the segment and get to the end of the show, is, is that the, the simple fact of the matter here is, Chris, is, is that, listen, Aaron Rodgers, if, if he – listen – it's not necessarily him. It's not about football now, Chris. It's about it's about him going to. It's about Aaron Rodgers. Does he want to play for Green Bay? Because the reality is, if you're if you're if you're if you're the Broncos, if you're the Niners, listen, I, you trade for Aaron Rodgers unless you could think you you have the squad to win a Super Bowl. And I believe the only team that should be in the conversation is the San Francisco 49ers. He's a West Coast guy. I think he wants to go out to the West Coast. The Raiders, listen, we're not going to talk about them, and I love them. You know, the whole John Gruden thing, but that's a whole nother segment and a whole nother show. But the point is, Chris, is that, listen, we've seen precedent for guys who just retire because they're pissed at the organizations. Look at the Lions. Barry Sanders had a – Barry Sanders could have broken – Emmett Smith's record. What did he did? Well, at that time, it was Walter Payton's record. He retired because he got tired of being the only guy on that team who actually wanted to play football. And the organization was not willing to build around Barry to get him at least a decent quarterback and a decent offensive line. Calvin Johnson, Megatron, he wasting years. They could have went to other teams. But, to, but, Chris, it's about principle. It's about where do you want to go? And, you know, not just, you know, maybe to another team, but just directionally. The Green Bay Packers have made it clear, Chris, that they're not committed to Aaron Rodgers. So when, if, if, to me, if management asks, what can we do? It feels empty and it feels hollow. Because of the fact that you've had opportunities to make him happy. Because I hate to be the guy to say this. 
But listen, sometimes you have to cater to certain people, like your quarterback, to see what he wants. If you're seeing what's going on in Kansas City, I'm not comparing Aaron Rodgers to Patrick Mahomes. I'm comparing how management thinks. Now, in that Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes didn't look good because there was a lot of players on the other team who was in the backfield. So what did management do? They got Kyle Long out of retirement. They signed Joe Thuey. They went and drafted another offensive lineman. And then they traded for Orlando Brown, all-pro left tackle. Now, I'm not comparing Kansas City's market to Green Bay's market, but I want to know why, why, why Green Bay couldn't do that around Aaron Rodgers. And no one could answer that question. That's why Aaron Rodgers is pissed. It's because he sees other teams protect their assets, like the quarterback, and build around the quarterback. And Rodgers not oblivious to fake any defense to win. He's like, I need pieces myself to win too. And at the end of the day, I just believe in this. If Aaron Rodgers walks away, it's not because he's not, it's not because he has nothing left in the tank, it's because of principle. And Chris, you hear me talk about principle a lot. Because sometimes, Chris, there are some things that are just bigger than money. It's bigger than the Aaron Rodgers has enough money for a lifetime plus. This is not about money. It's about him wanting to be heard all these years and still not getting the pieces. It's essentially you're in a relationship and you're and then you start to wake up and, re- and someone wakes up and realizes, man, I'm not appreciated. Yeah. And sometimes, and then, listen, and you I know what? That, that, that's how someone ends up with their bags packed and they say, deuces, I'm out of here. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I that's think exactly. That's, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, but that's exactly what happens. And you see that a lot in marriages. It's like marriage is going great. And listen, you, you're not going to always tell some person, you're not going to tell the person, hey, can you do this? Okay. No, Chris, it's called subtle signs. And Aaron Rodgers have been getting out subtle signs that, hey, I need help out here. And what did Green Bay do? Green Bay thought, oh, no, he's good. We gave him money, and it's great. And that's how most people think relationships work. If you toss something at the problem, okay, whether it's money, oh, we'll toss you more power. No. Sometimes you have to sit down with a person, like how we're sitting and doing this show, and talk and have a conversation to see what can I do to keep you here. It's no different than any relationship ever is that you have to ask how the other person feels. And Green Bay said, well, since we pay Aaron Rodgers, he's an employee, we don't care. We'll give him what he has. And he's got tired. And that whole, like I said, the Jordan love was the tipping point. So at the end of the day, when I look at this whole situation, before we wrap up, it boils down to this, Chris. Aaron Rodgers understands that, hey, he has, Chris, people are dangerous when they have a couple of things. When they have People think, oh, money. No, 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 no. When you have power, knowledge, and options. Because with those three things, Chris, you can get the material things. You can get money. You can buy what you want. When you have the power, you have the knowledge, and you have options. Name, Aaron Rodgers has all three. And at the end of the day, I think he's going to exercise his power and essentially go around and say, listen, I have options. 
because Chris, he knows. He knows he's right. He has the knowledge. Of course, he knows he's right. But here, Green Bay thinks they're right, too. And they want to acknowledge they messed up. So the reality is, I'd move on, too. I'd, I'd try to recruit some money back. Listen, build, listen, you wanted Jordan Love? Aaron Rodgers says he's going to catch their bluff. And the, and the worst thing is, Chris, that don't think you, you could outsmart Aaron Rodgers or outsmart people because you got to give people some credit. Some credit. Like, okay, you want, you want Jordan Love? Sell that to the Green Bay fan base. And Aaron Rodgers will end up walking around being the hero forever because they're going to see real quick after a couple of now we're playing 17 games, a couple of 5 and 12 seasons. They'll figure it out. Oh, absolutely. A couple of. So, this, this is going to blow up in Green Bay's face. I think. I, I I think that they knew he wanted out, and the draft is. I I, I think draft picks hold so much value. In yeah, yeah. I, I I mean it's it's like it. I think it's more powerful than the U.S. dollar in yeah. in the draft. And I think Green Bay shit the bet on this. And now we're post-draft. Unless if some team like the 49ers offers up a lot of skin, um, you know, they can somehow maybe ship off Jimmy G to Green Bay or somewhere else, maybe get a three-team three trade involved or something. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Green Bay is about to, like I said, I said it a few minutes ago, Green Bay is going to see some dark dark times ahead of them. They're going to see a lot of, of sub-500 seasons. They're going to yeah. see an angry fan base. And most importantly, they're going to have that black eye of Aaron Rodgers just leaving that, that organization in shambles, and they're going to have no one to blame but themselves. Exactly. They could try to pin it on Rodgers, but anyone but Helen Keller, who is deaf and blind, could see and hear the 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 shenanigans well we'll call it shenanigans of 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 Green Bay right now and yeah. in in the words uh of Jojo and she made a hit song it's called Too Little Too Late and I think that's where where Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers are at he is underappreciated and he's going to pack his bags and he's going to find someone that loves Aaron Rodgers whether it's the NFL it's Jake from State Farm or Jeopardy he's got options and that's one of the scariest things as a man, and, and this and this is just me speaking as as a manager, and I'm not saying that I make a habit of 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 preying on employees, but there are a lot of situations I know that I can take advantage of. But the thing as a manager that scares me more than anything is an employee with options who says, you know, I want this job, but I don't need it. I've got mm -hmm. invested real estate. I've got other companies that are so far up my ass they can tell me what I ate for breakfast. And, and not that I, I I will never treat an employee the way that 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 Green Bay is, is handling Aaron Rodgers. Now, granted, I'm not paying my employees millions of dollars a year because while well, I'm not making millions of dollars a year, I would love to. But well, here we are. Um, you know, the the fact being is that if you don't respect and and value your employees, the work ethic goes down, the attitude goes down, and resentment builds. And that's in any relationship, whether it's work, professional, or personal. If you don't value the people you surround yourself with, they will grow to be resentful, miserable fucking mm -hmm. people, and you're going to have a very rough time ahead. So Green Bay, go talk to Oprah, Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, uh, the, the creepy old lady at 2 a.m. in Comedy Central. 
with the dildos. I don't know who you got to talk to. Get your shit figured out, Green Bay. Real talk right now. Get it figured out. What was that lady's name? Ruth Ann? Yeah, I think it's it's Dr. Ru- I know who you're talking about. Unfortunately, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> so when you said it, I have my I you can, it's like that, you know, if you've seen that that meme with John Luke Picard with the face palm, that was me. That's, that was me. That, that that meme describes you ninety-nine percent of the time when my mouth is open. Ninety-nine seems a little low of a number, but <laughs> only there's a number higher than that. Well we'll 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 get on that later. But you know, but like I say, I think just like you said, Chris, just like I said, options. And you, you can agree. Listen, like I said, listen, power, knowledge, and options are three dangerous things. And Aaron Rodgers has all three. He has, at, at the end of the day, listen, I, I, I can't see any amicable way of getting out of this. Because I think asking Aaron why what makes him happy, listen, just like I said in the marriage, if you couldn't read the room, and figure out something was wrong with some, you know, with someone you care for, and then next thing you know, you're you you're going out to In and Out Burger. Hey, I got you know I got two burgers, and your house is empty, like the episode of Fresh Prince with Will Smith walking around there looking around in an empty room. You can't figure out what happened. That's because you didn't listen. You didn't value the person. You thought that oh I'll bring back some burgers and we'll talk it out. No, some things you, you, talking time's over. It's action time. So speaking of action time, you know, to go to to wrap up and to say this, to listen to this episode and every episode here of the Sports in the World podcast, go to go to Spotify, go to Apple Podcasts, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcast to check out this and every episode, like and subscribe, check us on social media at Sports the World on both Twitter and Instagram. Check out my social media at Ladares underscore Brown on Twitter and at Ladares double underscore on Instagram. And I think for the 53rd week, Chris has no social media. So I just make notes of that. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're still, I'm still in Facebook jail. Um, I'm, uh, I, I, I got zucked again. Um, freedom of speech does not apply apparently on Facebook. Um, and it sucks to suck, but I'm on Instagram at it's Christogram. Twitter, I still hate it, and um, and I hate that bastard that owns it. Um, yeah, so just catch me on here on 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 the old IG because I'll just look at you through my prison bars on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, by the way, send him a care package. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Deposit in my commissary. It's getting rough yeah. out here. Yeah. Get get this guy some J's. He's going around playing ball. He needs it. So. <laughs> Uh, I love, you know, I love how we start seriously. We just curve to, to the silliness. That's what makes the show cool. <laughs> so until you hear us again, I'm Ladarius. I'm Chris. Be, be real. Be you. Be blessed. Be safe from all of us here from the sports and the world podcast. See ya.